0: This is episode number 20, Working with Inexperienced Online Students. Well, what does it mean to be an inexperienced online student? Inexperienced students are those who really have not experienced online education. Or if they have, they may be very new to the platform they're working with. Or perhaps their only experience was in a situation where Perhaps it was modified and didn't have all of the bells and whistles we might consider standard in an online experience. So working with a new or inexperienced online student matters so much to you because those are the students who need the most help. If you start things out right, you're going to prevent a lot of problems with this kind of student. Every person who comes to your online class really does want a good experience. Even if they don't like school or don't like learning, they want to succeed when they're there. It matters so much to you because cutting down on your time investment as the teacher or the instructor, you're going to want to be able to meet these students where they are and effectively guide them into this experience in a way that's going to make a massive difference. There are certain things you can do early in the game to help this student get off to a good start. Now, if you're at a university or a school where retention is emphasized or matters, there are a lot of reasons why this is important. First of all, of course, we want to help a student get through their program, get through the experience, and we also want to ensure that continuing growth is happening. Some of this is financial. Perhaps it has impacts on the program budget. Maybe it has impacts on the student's aid or money spent. If they have to drop, they might lose some of the money spent. It might impact them negatively. If this is their first online experience to the student, it matters significantly because they need the best possible chance to start well. So it matters for you, it matters for your school or institution, and it also matters for the student. If you start that student well, that student's going to be able to move through the rest of their classes. In a way that is more effective, more satisfying, and they're gonna have a better chance of learning what they're there for. So it matters to everyone, and it is a very important part of setting up your course and beginning your instruction. So let's talk about the how to. I'm consulting a book from 2009. Printed by Dr. Dana Myers Wiley, Dr. Jackie Mangieri, and Donna Hardy. And this book is called The Ins and Outs of Online Instruction Transitioning from Brick and Mortar to Online Teaching. This book is a great treasure trove of some very basic, helpful tips. And in the section they have called Nurturing the Novice Student, they're sharing this idea that there are students who are experienced, and of course, there are students who are new. Let's just take a typical university setting, for example. At the university where I teach, in a Music 200 class, which is typically my favorite course to teach, I will have a lot of students who are brand new. They've never taken a class. There is no prerequisite. There's no orientation course. There's no English class required. They can take that Music 200 class before they take anything else. So we have a lot of students who are brand new to university learning, and they're also brand new to online. And then we also have students who this is their last course in their bachelor's degree. They've been holding out. They have a few credits left. They're just finishing it up. They're about to graduate, and they're already masters of learning online. We have a huge rainbow of perspectives and experience and comfort level, and those who really need help the new ones to online learning are going to need a couple of different things. So from this, the ins and outs of online instruction, I'm sharing some ideas here that are quite enjoyable and also will give some effective strategies for the students. The first idea is helping students navigate the online classroom. There typically is a student orientation or student video provided to online students in most places. It might have been created by the school or the university, or it might be created by those who created the LMS, the learning management system. Either way, most students sail through this quickly and get into class and forget a lot of what they learned. So right off the bat, students will need to help navigating your online classroom. You can create activities, videos, step-by-step instructions. There are a lot of ways to approach it, but either way you need to decide what you will use and how you're going about it. The suggestion from this book is a scavenger hunt. The authors state that participating in the scavenger hunt helps students learn to navigate the classroom and it is also engaging and fun. So here are some examples that these authors have provided to us. To help students go through the scavenger hunt. These are the questions on page 41 of this book. The instructions state, over the first few days, find all of the following items in the online classroom. You will need to copy this page to a Word document and fill in the answers to each question, then submit them. The final activity is how to send the finished scavenger hunt to your instructor. The answers are provided during week two, So the assignment really needs to be done early and quickly. So question one, where will you find the expectations for week one? Name three listed items in expectations for week one. Number two, where can you find the information about your instructor? What are the online office hours? Number three, where can you find the breakdown of points? And how did you get there? Number four, where is lesson one? How many discussion questions are listed for the instructor to choose from? Number five, locate lecture one. What are the main headings in this lecture? Number six, where can you find online library access? What is the website for the online library? Number seven. Where will you post your introduction to yourself? Number eight, how many other students do you need to reply to during one discussion week? Can you just say you agree or disagree, or is more required? Number nine, where can you get messages from other classmates and your instructor inside the classroom, and how do you get there? Number 10, where can you find your grades? How do you get there? Number 11, what is the assignment box and how do you get there? Number 12, what is listed in the nuts and bolts discussion board? Name two items from this area you might use. Number 13, after answering all of these questions, save this document to a folder you create for this class on your computer. In the classroom, go to the assignment box. Find the scavenger hunt assignment, click on it, attach your document and submit it. You will have successfully submitted your first assignment. Please keep these instructions for help submitting future assignments. Now with those instructions you can also have a video where you walk through the classroom and screencast the classroom. There are a lot of different programs you can use. I've mentioned in other podcasts and which you can Google search online. Screencasting software is invaluable when you're showing students around. So the initial video could accompany your instructions for the scavenger hunt or they could be shared by message or announcement to make sure that the students can actually find this assignment too. So that's the first tip is a scavenger hunt to walk them around the classroom. If you're not interested in a scavenger hunt, I also recommend a screencast at the very most basic level. Then number two for the instructor is a suggestion that you send a welcome note to everyone. Sending a welcome note is a great way to help students get engaged in the class, feel like you're a real person. And also you can include the first steps of how to get started. If you're going to send one note to everyone in the class, chances are you either have an email list or in the learning management system online, you might have the option to send the message just to all students. Whatever your method of availability is for contacting everyone, you can send the same note to everyone. I've observed some instructors who actually copy that same note into a personalized message for every single student. Doing this really depends on your workload and whether you have many classes to teach or just one. If you're an elementary school teacher and you just have 20 or 30 students in a class, a personalized note might be the way to go to help each child feel engaged and interested. If you're a university instructor and you have 200 students, it might not be as practical. This, this third tip that the authors of the ins and outs of online instruction provide to us here is to contact the absent students during that first week by the middle of the week. So if they haven't logged in or made any appearance in the classroom, you definitely want to send them a note, encourage them to join the class, get started and engage. If they're not engaged by the end of that first week, it's very unlikely that they will be successful. You may end up with a student who is just there, ends up failing, ends up dropping out of the course, and the more contacts you provide, the more likely they're going to be able to get started. Now if you can provide a tips and tricks section of the class, whether it is a part of the lesson modules, whether it is a discussion area, or a set of announcements, any way that you wish to provide this, providing some um, regular problems others have had and their solutions can be a really great time saver for you. It also solves a lot of problems for your students and prevents them from asking those same questions over and over and over. So one of those tips is to give them sample papers. You can also provide a little definition of plagiarism, cheating, explain any plagiarism checking software you have. Also encourage following the policies and procedures for plagiarism. Many universities in particular have guidelines on plagiarism, what it means to plagiarize how to check your own work to ensure that you didn't plagiarize and things like that. If you are a person who wants them to cite sources in a certain way, if you have a standard for the subject matter or for the school, you might wanna give them links to those kinds of resources, also some tips on basic references and citations. And if you have discussions, you want to give some tips about netiquette, participating appropriately how to respond, what to click on to create a post, what constitutes a good post, what it looks like, what it needs to include, um, things like that. Now one thing that I encourage everyone always to include is a guideline about what kind of information students can use when they're posting in a discussion or creating an assignment. If your school has a good online library or at least links to some kind of virtual library, Providing links early in the game is a really great idea. You can also explain why Wikipedia might not be the best source. If you are okay with someone using Wikipedia to just generate ideas from which to go to sources afterwards, you want to explain that. A lot of time Wikipedia articles have great links and references at the bottom, which are really good academic or book or journal related things and students can find those links then go to the real source after initially scanning the Wikipedia article. Some guidelines on how to use these sources is critical in preventing plagiarism but also helping students learn what's a good source, what's not a good source, things like that. And then lastly, after you've covered your netiquette, your ways to engage, avoiding plagiarism, how to find good sources working around the classroom and things like that. The last thing would be how to reach you if there are any questions about how to properly get your answers. (laughs) Students don't know about these things and many times they would rather drop your class, withdraw or fail than ask the obvious question. If you can give some positivity to that, encourage them to understand that no question is a bad question You can either have a question and answers thread in the forum discussion area or you can have them message you directly. Either way, giving all of these guidelines at the beginning of class, especially to help the new online student, you're going to guide them to the most success and you're going to have a better experience with less time wasted up front answering all the same questions over and over again. This is Dr. Bethany Hansen, your host for the Online Teaching Lounge podcast. As you try out these ideas, visit my blog and share your results. How did they work? What would you add? Any suggestions, comments, or questions? Best wishes this week in the Grand Online Teaching Adventure.